Hey, good morning, everybody. It's Scotty Melvin here with a few friends. I am at Brickhouse Barbell, one of our sponsors for the Meathead and Dumbbell Show. Greg Wirtz, my co-host, is here with me. Say hello. Hey, guys. And we have a special guest. It's our very first guest. Nice. A Washington native, Matt Fish. Matt Fish is here. Hey, thanks, guys. Excited to join the show. Yeah, Matt and I grew up together. His brother was in my graduating class. and Mark, yep. Yeah, Mark Fish. And uh, we asked Matt to be on because he's a retired NBA player. Um, started his basketball career at Washington High School. So I'm going to let Matt kind of tell you a little bit about how that all transpired, what he did during his career, where he played, and what he did post-career in terms of his involvement with the NBA. And then we're just going to kind of take the conversation from there. So I'm going to give you over to Matt. Thanks, Greg. You know, it's so good to see you. I always love coming through and you know, going to my hometown. Uh, Washington's always going to be my hometown. And, you know, we've got a farm down in Fairfield. It's a fifth generation, 1849, a sesquicentennial farm that I just came from. I drove up from there. My parents are down there in their 80s, and so they're farming. And uh, just to be able to come back and hang out with them a little bit and then to be able to fit in this conversation with you guys. So I was blessed enough to play in the NBA. You know, I played a lot of pro basketball, and I never saw it coming. So, you know, I kind of tell it like this. I was 6'8", 240, carrying the bass drum in the marching band, and everyone's looking at me cross-eyed down the end of their nose asking me why I'm not out for basketball. <laughs> so I did have a chance to see my sophomore year. We went 25-0 and 0. back in 86. I was just sitting here just, you know, really marveled by some of these players who went undefeated. I mean, 25-0, and 0, are you kidding me? And so for me, it was sort of, you know, ingrained in my head of, of, wow, look at the success that can be made. And then being so tall and being a bigger body, being left-handed, they talked me into playing. So between my junior and senior year, do you remember Steve Brown? Yeah. Well, Steve Brown. Oh, I love Steve Brown. So I really give a lot of my, you know, credit to Steve and his family. So Steve was a freshman playing varsity, and he talked me into going to a camp. And between my junior and senior year, his mother and father and himself and me and his uh, brother and sister all jumped in this van. It had a ladder on the back of it and a 13-inch black-and-white TV with rabbit ears. And we started heading to Northern Kentucky University. Well, this was a five-star blue-chip camp, so an opportunity to be seen. And I hadn't even played basketball. So I go down there really raw, um, but big, you know, 6'8", 240, left-handed again, could run the floor well. And I guess I had a pretty good camp. I went down there, and there were so many people, and there, you just basically gave you a number, and you, you went up and down. Next thing you know, I made the all, I don't even know what they called it back then, but it was, yeah, it was a camp, camp thing. But yeah. the funny part was I was playing against Watson down in Fairfield all the way out in Kentucky. <laughs> so, you know, Kirk Watson. So here I am playing against him, and of course I'm going to play against him in high school. So anyway, I came back, and I received a few things in the mail. They were just some cards that said that we had some interests, things like Ithaca, New York, things like uh, North Dakota. You know what I mean? And I found one from North Carolina, Wilmington, UNC Wilmington Seahawks, way out on the East Coast. Now, I had never heard of it. I couldn't even Google and learn more about it back then, right? Nope. <laughs> couldn't do that, right? So I just filled out this card and sent it back. And about uh, 10 days later, I get a phone call, and, you know, we're offering you a full-ride scholarship. Well, I had 10 years of piano lessons under my belt, so I wasn't sure what scholarship was for. And they said, well, it's going to be for basketball. 
So here I have never started a varsity game in high school, never really played any high school ball. I certainly hadn't started a varsity game in high school. And I went down there and saw the school. And uh, it's right on the ocean, and I'm used to oceans of corn. Mm-hmm. So they put me right on the ocean, a place called uh, Blockade Runner. And then they gave a few dollars to the cheerleaders, and they threw a party for me. And I just remember walking up to this party, and uh, they're buying kegs, you know what I mean, trying to <laughs> woo me down there. And I remember a girl in a white leather miniskirt using the restroom next to her car. And soon after, I was like, where do I sign? You know, so I was just a kid from Washington, <laughs> Iowa. I was just enamored, you know, by uh, all the good yeah. stuff that's going on outside of Washington, Iowa. Being from Washington does not make you that innocent. So don't <laughs> <laughs> well, I, so I signed, man. I was so, a neighbor growing up. So. Yeah, uh-huh, we were neighbors. Uh-huh. Yeah, We could get that in another podcast, <laughs> right. I'm sure. Right. Or not. So, you know, no, I not. tell you, it was, I was just blessed. Like I said, I was really surprised to be able to have this opportunity. So it happened to be that the signing date was on my birthday. So I thought, hey, it must mean something. I, I want to know I'm going somewhere. I signed a full-ride scholarship to North Carolina Wilmington before I ever started a varsity game wow. in high school. That's awesome. I tell you that. It's never I, been that, done. I don't, I've never heard I, of it. I've never heard that's, of it. That's, that's, uh, that never heard the story of it. I just told you about <laughs> one of our young guys getting a full-ride to Iowa to play football after his freshman year. Yeah, you know? it's I amazing, mean, too. That's amazing, It is. Too. It is. But even in a time where recruiting has changed so much, back in the day, they just found somebody who was tall, who could be, yeah. who was raw, and they wanted to take a chance on me, so well, they did. I'm going to interrupt you for a minute. No. You'll no, see no. the picture of Scotty and I next to Matt. You'll get an idea how tall he is. But he's not just a tall – big body he's very proportionate for a guy that's nearly seven foot tall you well, don't get yeah. genetics thank you movement yeah, yeah. yeah. i look just like my dad guys. and mark only i'm a foot taller than that yeah, yeah you yeah. know yeah when you see matt standing alone you know he's tall but he doesn't have that people guess me short because i am so well proportioned yeah. you know what i mean they'll mm-hmm. guess me in football a lot too because i kind of a wide body so i think you just move better on the court as a tall guy well when i went to college i grew three inches so right. by the time i graduated uh, my senior year in college i was 6 11 275 i led the nation in field goal percentage average yeah. 20 points and 10 rebounds bounds you know so I, I was somebody who turned into a heck of an athlete it was either sink or swim and thank goodness my last name was fish because yeah. i swam <laughs> you know i learned a lot i learned a lot my freshman year and and then you know just kept gotten better and just kept getting better and kept getting better and i learned at a high level was the deal and i learned with very good coaches so when you learn at a high level it's either you're going to play ball or you're going to go home Right. You know, and, and um, I, I got to say that I got stronger. I got faster. I got, you know, bigger. I got quicker. I got, you know, mentally stronger as well. And ended up being a beast by the time I was a senior. Yeah. In, and they in retired New college. Jersey, right? And they have. And it's so funny oh. to do such a piss poor job of retiring <laughs> our numbers out there. They really do. <laughs> they they just do an to, awful right? job. Well, they're going. They need to. So you have to have somebody who submits it. And does it all, and I'm not going to be the guy who does it. So right. I'm the only person that's ever been drafted to the NBA out of UNC Wilmington, and I represented the Wilmington ten years professionally with much integrity, yeah. and did very well. Every year I was in the CBA, I was the number one center. I get called up to the NBA to, to help out. Well, I got really close to my pension, didn't quite pull that off. So that was kind of the run of my career. In retrospect, there were some things I certainly would have done differently. Maybe I would have played more ball overseas. It's not about the almighty almighty dollar. I really wanted to see if I could play at the NBA level, and I can. The mm-hmm. issue is, is I just didn't find the spot that really fit for me. 
You know, I was better than some players that were there in the NBA for 10 years. You know what I mean? But it all had to do with circumstance. All had to do with, do you have room in the end? Is the position that you they need one that you provide for them? I'll give you an example. I was on one of the teams that was mathematically eliminated in the CBA, and they fired me because I was the highest paid player. Twenty four. I didn't know what to do. I was in tears. 24 hours, the Miami Heat hired me, second best record in the NBA. We made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Michael were... Jordan and the, Bull beat it, and the Bulls yeah. beat us in the year of the last dance. So it was pretty awesome to make it all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals. And then it was wild to be fired out of the CBA because I was the highest paid player. Turn around, and get hired to the NBA, make it all the way to the Eastern Conference yep. Finals. So it was wild. I even got a quarter share. You know what I mean? I even got a little pay. So what funny was is these CBA teams, if they owned your rights and the NBA wanted to call you up, the CBA team would get a check. Well, they fired me. <laughs> they didn't get that check. That was, uh, oh, that made me feel so that's good. That's some sweet. That's that awesome. was sweet revenge. <laughs> and that was the second time I was with the Fort Wayne Fury. Uh, Before yeah. you went to the Heat, that was the summer you were home in Washington, right? Playing in yes. like primetime league? Yes, yeah. So maybe you don't want to tell the story if you don't want to, but didn't you get a contract with a pro team in South America somewhere? Well, it was Japan. Down, but I thought you your agent got you a deal down yeah. in South America and you yes. flew down and it was like a shady deal. Well, the shady deal was is they don't pay you. So I went down to a place called uh, Mar del Plata, Argentina, and it was beautiful. It was right on the beach, and that's where everybody in the country of Argentina would go in the summertime because the beaches were right there. It was the spot to go. While I was down there, they paid me once or twice, and then, you know, it's kind of like, okay, I'm ready to get paid again. And then it was late on the payment, and Mark flew down there when he was 28. I had enough frequent flyer miles where I flew Mark down there on his 28th birthday, and we had a blast in Argentina. Well, soon after... I flew out of there because they quit paying me. All kinds of excuses not to pay you. It happens overseas quite right. a bit. Yeah. I just remember that story. Yeah. I can't yeah. believe we were only 28. Because yeah. Mark's Mark my was, age. Yeah. So. You guys are only like 38 now, right? Uh, I was, I was going to not get into the age thing today. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yes, some guys here, you know. <laughs> we're sitting here in our late anyway. 30s. Yeah. Reminiscing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, go, we'll go with that. All right. Well, I'm going to break in real quick and mention yeah. the sponsors since we didn't write off sure. the bat. We're sponsored by Brickhouse Barbell. We are sponsored by UPA events, including UPA powerlifting and bodybuilding. We are sponsored by NutraSport on Edgewood, Cedar Rapids. Get there at the end of the month. And we are sponsored by Gorilla Biscuit Coaching. Get a hold of us here at Gorilla Biscuit Coaching if you want to get your nutrition in order. Maybe drop a few pounds, get shredded. I don't care. Whatever you want to do, we can help you with it. Well, I love just say I've known Greg my you know my whole life it feels like and he's been somebody who talked about a wealth of information mm-hmm. in regards to weightlifting and this facility you guys have down here in Washington is absolutely gorgeous. You guys have done a wonderful job with it. And I'm nice. sitting, you know, hey man, I'm just so proud of you. <laughs> I am too. I've known Greg I don't know, probably one of the Five first people out. I met yeah. since yeah. I moved to Washington because this is where we live. You know? squats at the y. I was <laughs> like, he doesn't like them. No? I'm like, dude, are you doing Zercher squats? And he looked at me like he was surprised anybody knew what a Zercher squat was. And yeah, that's yeah. how we became friends. And Scotty became a client. And yep. we ended up doing a show together. And well, we I tell you, this facility is needed. And yeah. you know, to fill this void is just, I just want to tell you guys, it, good job, man. Yeah, because well, my I'm impressed. Uh, Cody and Rochelle Sabosky and yeah. Jeff Winger, it okay. was a lot of work. It was yeah. three months of day and night, around the clock, construction and sweating. And sure. 
No emergency room visits, fortunately. I came in here and you you showed me the place and then you talked to me about the future, you know, and you have expansions all figured out and everything. So I just got to say that I'm excited for you now and the future. Yep. Appreciate it. So anyway, back to... Uh, back to the story yeah. well you know and i ended up playing 10 years professional i had five years in the cba and i was the number one cba center every year and i get called up for the nba and so here i am really working hard to earn that uh, pension in the nba and and you know i went from team to team to team and often from country to country and i lived out of a suitcase and you know it, it got to be a little bit tiresome but at the same time there were some highlights in my career one i played for the quad city thunder right mm-hmm. here locally and that year was one year i spent the entire year on one team and i wasn't used to that beyond that you know we were playing in the mark of the quad cities it was a brand new venue over there and we won it all so to be you know, a part of a championship team to have your parents to actually come and see some of your basketball even at the pro level they didn't get to see a heck of a lot of it at the college level just because i was so far from home you know they'd drive out there they wouldn't fly they'd drive out oh, there wow. because they're you know, they're from southeastern Iowa. You know, my, my mom didn't even get on a flight until she was in her 40s. So it's just so funny how times have changed. At the same time, times continue to change. To watch this game evolve is just amazing. Right now, you know, we're in the finals, and I don't want to date this podcast, but we're, right now is in the finals, and two teams I played for. I played for the Denver Nuggets. I played for the Miami Heat to watch them battle it out. And there's some still players in place. The head coach for the Miami Heat was a film guy when I was there, and the president was Pat Riley, you know, now that was the coach back then. So just to see these programs and to see them excel and feel like you had a part of it is a nice feeling. Yeah. So you might have mentioned this. You were drafted by the Trailblazers. No, I was drafted second no. round Golden State Warriors. Oh, it was yeah. The Warriors. So the first round was Latrell Sprewell, and second round from Golden State was me. Uh, Shaquille O'Neal was the number one draft pick that year. Mm-hmm. And that was a heck of a draft. We had Alonzo Mourning. And we just had some really good players Legendary. in that draft. So I was really proud to get drafted in, in one of the best drafts ever. you know. And only 54 people in the world get drafted a year. Yeah. So just to say you got drafted, I got, I got a rookie card. And so people want me to sign that if they want the full draft, you know, the draft um, uh, signed cards. So I often will get cards still. To this day, I'll get probably 10 cards a month. I don't know how they got my address, but you were on NBA Nintendo too. Right? Yeah, well, and I'm on a video game. Super you can Nintendo. go on to yeah. the most recent one and find that year that I was with the Miami Heat, and you can play me. I'm on that team, and I get a little bit of residuals off of that yeah. video game. Nice. Yeah, I sat in my nice. living room, my roommate and I's living room, a few times playing himself. Himself, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I, I give me the ball I, every time down the court. I would have see what I do with it. I was always Shaquille O'Neal. Oh, yeah. so I wanted to dominate. You were battling me. <laughs> I just value. I think <laughs> probably. See if you can make a free throw. <laughs> I felt like they made O'Neal like uh, Mike Tyson on the old Tyson game. You Hard know, to beat. Like unstoppable. Uh, yeah. Well, when you got to turn sideways to get through doors, the size of that guy is ridiculous. Yeah, he's a big one. Jack now too. Yeah, compared to what I mean, he's yeah. all into bodybuilding and lifting. Yeah. Well, you're in good lean. shape. Thank you. I mean, you know, I mean, Thank and you. I think you, if you're if you're smart, this is what I say to people, and you probably agree, Greg. Yeah. Uh, and you hit forty. I don't care if you're an athlete or just a regular Joe. That's the time to get serious, right. depending on how you want to age. You know, exactly. And uh, so get active. Yes. Always try to keep that extra weight off you, and I try to do that. Well, and you've never really been out of shape. Thank you. There, there, what, okay, when I stopped playing right away, I, I forgot that I had to continue to run up and down the court. And when I did not do that, I put on a lot of weight. And I got mm-hmm. over 300 pounds. 
and I uh, should not carry that much weight. And so I got back down. Recently, I had ankle reconstruction about three years ago, and that was probably one of the biggest issues that I had was kind of turned ankles and so mm -hmm. forth. So when I fixed my ankle, I did not go to back to basketball. I went back to pickleball. Yeah. So I've been playing pickleball yeah. ever since. I got myself to about a 4.0 player or better, and now they're looking for former NBA players battling former NFL and other nice. NBA players just to kind of show the to support – the game itself, but beyond that, support active lives after yeah. a certain age. So it's perfect for, yeah. for older people yeah. because it's not the the, the it, tennis thing, but no, it's yeah, better to get you up and move. Yeah, McEnroe plays in the pro league now. I know. It's yeah. funny that you bring up pickleball because here in about half hour, I have a training client coming in. He's a middle-aged man, yeah. and he plays pickleball, nice. and you were talking about ankles. He broke his ankle playing pickleball yeah. no. about a month ago. <laughs> no. I mean, it can't happen. It's yeah. Right. My, my mom, who, who really introduced me to the game 10 years ago, and I didn't take it seriously, she broke a wrist. And she's mm, 79, but she's still active. Right. She played yesterday for two hours. So, you know, you got to keep moving. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And you're strength better training. Off. You strength training. Lean Absolutely. Mass, so that's the best way to stave off the effects of aging. So my wife's also a bodybuilder. She's yep. more of a okay. trainer. So she works at a, a place called EOS. I'm not trying to drop their name by any means. But she my does wife. a body pump. Body combat should do spin, so she keeps herself in immaculate mm -hmm. shape as yeah, well. Yeah, she's so always been in good shape. To have her, or to you know, support me as well. Like so, yeah. when I go in there and take her classes, it supports my weight loss and my muscle gain. Well, and I'm sure she's cooking good food for the family at home, right? Yes, she is. Or making she's, sure you're eating she's good making food. sure we're eating correctly, and she does a good job of all that. And I, I really thank her a lot. And um, and I, you know, I see you guys making a difference right here in town. I see people walking. There. I'm looking right now, and you got people working out here who are in phenomenal shape. Young people, I might Young add, people. which is kind of getting uh, fabulous. Rare. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. seems you know? to be. It's um, kind of weird. I think that gets back to social media. Yeah, you know, it's a sign of the times. So much, but that's just how it goes. So since playing, I worked with a local nonprofit, 501c3 Phoenix chapter. I live in Phoenix, Arizona now. There's 13 chapters across the United States, and we made a nice dent in the community out there. Right now we're giving laptops to schools and nice. people who need them and things like that. We're finding ways to get back to the community. I ran that for eight years, and I also ran a magazine called Rebound Magazine, and it was the official magazine of the National Basketball Retired Players Association. I ran that for eight years along with that. I also did a, a, a you know podcast similar yeah. to this because what I do is I catch former NBA players and I talk about their journey to the top, yeah. kind of what I'm doing here. And one of the things I'd always talk about is they always remember the first time they dunked the ball. And they always would tell that story, you know, just things like that, you know. And then beyond that, I did some video. So I really appreciated doing that and meeting these people. COVID came along and a lot of the events shut down. And now that COVID is ramped back up, I'm really looking for ways to find myself back into the mix. I'm going up to Vegas next month on June 9th through the 11th. We're having a conference up there. And we, you know, they really take good care of us. We're going to stay at the Cosmo. And I'm going to go to some of these events that they teach us how to invest, you know what I mean, how to continue to keep in shape how to eat right, how to lift weights at this age, and so forth. So all these things are going to be you know, conducive to a, a better future for me. So I'm really looking forward to going up there and learning more about that. I've seen all these former NBA players actually having people my height so I don't feel out of place. <laughs> so we don't have to stack ourselves. <laughs> As you'll see in the picture. Oh, man. I've seen it already. That was scary. But fun. Yeah. I like to take a risk once in a while. Being on G's back? Yeah. I'll, I'll get back on a roller coaster again before I do that. 
good times. Well, well shoot. Well, I'm, I want to you take you, you back. Yeah, I got a couple questions. Oh, sure. I want, want to hear mostly about what you, you know, your journey and Thanks. all the things you've told us, because um, that's fascinating stuff, especially from Southeast Iowa, man. Uh-huh. I mean, that's what we're all about on the yeah, podcast. Of course. Um, so I want to go back and tie into that, uh, going back into the 80s. So times have changed immensely now. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm mostly into the football thing. That's what I pay attention to. And okay. the kids are using huddle. You know, and you about got to recruit yourself nowadays. Mm-hmm. The kids that are the most active with getting that video content out yep. there, getting it in the hands of coaches or on their computers, phones, whatever, mm-hmm. they're going to get offers and things like that. And obviously, it was immensely different for you back then. So I guess I'm curious, uh, and you already talked about the process, uh, at least how it worked for you, and you hadn't even played mm-hmm. varsity ball yet, uh, which is fascinating, especially in that time period. Yes. Because where I grew up, small school like what we have here in Illinois, I don't know how kids even got noticed back then. Sure. You know, even when I was in high school. Um, so I'm curious, uh, did, did coaches assist you, your local high school coaches assist the kids at all, or is it just kind of a luck thing back in the day? In my case, it was truly luck, and I really feel blessed. And I wouldn't have been found if it wasn't for Steve and his family talking me to go down to this Northern Kentucky okay. University. How else would I have been caught yeah. or found? The only other thing that I look back to, and it might have if I would have waited, because my senior year, we went 20 and five yeah. and we got third in state yep. and I was unknown and I'd already <laughs> signed. So now Iowa and these schools around here that I would have probably chosen yeah. over UNC Wilmington yeah. didn't have a chance to recruit me. I was already signed. Yeah. So and nowadays you're absolutely correct. It's just completely changed now. You, you do have to put together. I have a daughter who plays softball. She plays mm-hmm. club softball out in Arizona and she's gotten offers, you know, division three offers and so forth. And here's is completely different. They do video. They do the social network. They yeah. talk about the things they do. They put their GPA on. They put their highlights on there. They do all these things. Well, that wasn't there. We didn't even have the internet. Well, right. Control, we didn't have any of that. You know. control over their own destiny. Yeah. I mean, want, you, right? you about had to be somebody so good. I think back then, the only thing I can remember is that you were in the paper all the time. Yeah. Know? The and, paper and was maybe a bigger way. paper copy yep. if you were in a small market or whatever. The paper uh, was the way and the radio. I think KCII yeah. did some stuff. Yeah. You know, and, but, you know, and that's another thing that's changed is the, the media, the guys that are involved around here are passionate. But they're so few, they can't cover everything. Sure. You know, so the internet's been a good tool for these yeah. kids. Yeah. And uh, that's why we do the podcast largely is to promote them. You know, we, we're, you know. Do you guys now do streaming video? Do you try to hang up and see games being played? Do you yes. Do that now? Um, good. We haven't on this podcast because we're working under the umbrella of Round Guy Round Radio, Radio. Okay, which right. has a pretty solid following that's grown a ton in the last couple of years, Beautiful. thanks to high school sports in nice. this area. Because people love it. They want to hear about their kids and their grandkids and everything. Um, but uh, the video's coming. Right now, it's all audio. Yeah. I know my buddy Dave that runs Round Guy Radio called the Mid-Prairie Wilton baseball game last mm-hmm. night. And, okay. and it's recorded, so it's not live. So if you weren't there, you can go back to the podcast listen to it. Cool. And it's it's pretty cool. If he if he can get it, one of the former players on, like we had Colton Clarahan uh-huh. from uh, Kyoto that just okay. played the National Junior College baseball championship game, I mean, days ago, he... Uh, was the uh, was the, an, the analyst, oh. uh, the color commentator, play right? play. which was really awesome because I think that kid's got a future in that Sweet. broadcasting and stuff. So it's just, you know, oh, the video's coming, though. You had a communications degree. 
Yes, yes. Right. And then I went back after and got a master's in business. I got a master's, master's in secondary education. I'm teaching right now. Nice. So I teach algebra too. I have a special education degree, so I'm a co-teacher. I have students with IEPs in my classroom, and I support them and make sure that they get the accommodations to even the field with the general education you know, classmate. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm, I'm doing now. And, and they've been trying to get me to coach basketball down there. But, man, <laughs> it's so... Hey, it's like battling the, you know, every parent thinks their kid's Michael Jordan. And it's just like, you know, it's a lot of work, you know, for a little bit of money in a way. And so I've kind of resisted the high school. I have coached high school down there. I'm not doing it right now. But it certainly is an area that interests me. And I feel like I could really give a lot back. I just got to pick and choose. The stipend is so terrible. It's just so much work for, you know, not a lot of return. And I understand people do it because they love it. And so I'm just trying to find that love again. I think you'd be great at it. Thank you. I, I would like to see Thank that you. happen. We'd follow you with interest, Thank thanks you. to Twitter or whatever. You know, well, we could follow you from afar. When you're getting a little up in years like we are, it keeps you young, right? Well, yeah, it absolutely does. And my thought is, being the age I am, I really see I got 10 good years of really making a big uh, impact somewhere. Right. And I'm searching for that somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Nice. You know. Well, we'll definitely keep track of it. Thanks, you know? guys. You know, I, you know, I really appreciate you guys having me in here today and, and giving this opportunity to chat and, and share with some of the southeastern Iowa. I don't get back here enough, but I do get back here more than others. You know, I got family. I got a brother in, you know, in Bettendorf, and my sisters in up there in Kelowna, and mom and dad are down in Fairfield. So, you know, I try to make it through here at least well, two, nephew, three times a year. Your nephew was a training client of mine last winter. Yes, he, he was. He gets in here from football, time to time. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. really enjoyed his time here. Yep. I just want you to know that, Greg. So, yeah, no. Appreciate the personal touch you had with, yeah, with but, uh, Jack. Yeah, so family's always a good thing yeah. to yeah. get back to. Undoubt, undoubtedly. Well, I, for the podcast, I'm excited as it could be that you're available this week because, uh, yeah, like we I said, we're, we're Southeast Iowa focused mm-hmm. first and foremost, and sure. then Iowa, and then, you know, so on. But um, And you kind of just embodied what we're about here. Uh, a, a local kid that had talent, got a good break, and made a a hell of a life. Out yeah, of it, I, I think. got you know I got to play <laughs> basketball in China and Poland and Italy and France and Argentina and Puerto Rico and Venezuela. I saw the world yeah, yeah. before I was even thirty. So I just feel completely and got paid to do it. And and you know and I was revered. You know yeah. they cheer wherever I'd go. And then the lights go out. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah, yeah, you know you search you search for a second you know career. You yeah. know and and, and again. I don't. I'm still trying to figure out what that is, and I think if I'm not always trying to make a better life, or trying to learn, or try to develop yourself, or try to just make a difference, my whole thing is move the needle. How can I move yeah. the needle, man? How can I help? How can I give back? How can I? So you know, there's certainly opportunities out there. So if you just yep. pursue them, you're going to find your, that you can give back, that Absolutely. you can move that needle. Yeah, I think Absolutely. that's something that comes with age. You know, when you've raised kids and everything, especially. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I. You want to give back in some way. This is my way, this podcasting. It doesn't yeah. cost me anything. I don't yeah. make anything, yeah. and that's all, all okay. You know. Um, well, I've, I know some of your content. It's extremely helpful and you know, informative, and I hope people from southeastern Iowa you know, jump on and really understand how this is going to be able to continue to tell the story. Yeah. You know, we have to tell the story. When you get to be my age, all we have is our stories. Yep. Well, that's and with so much misinformation, with a For lot sure. of the media, regardless of what they're talking about, podcasts, normal people can mm-hmm. get their voices heard. Yeah, yeah, that's how bad it's gotten, thing. I think. Uh, I hate to get down that rabbit hole, but, right. uh, you know, people would rather listen to some guys. This is how this podcast grew. 
two rednecks from Iowa talking about football on a Saturday morning, <laughs> yeah, you know, right. like at the, the coffee shop or whatever. Sure. People would rather hear that authentic stuff than. Well, and it's relaxing. It's not fear-based. It's mm-hmm. hopeful. It's yeah. positive. So. Well, he had already told me, let's just come in here and have a conversation. Exactly what we're doing, you know. Yep. And so, that's all it is. You know, no pressures, right? Just kind of learn, well, and the people learn from it. Yeah. You know, agreed. it's not scripted. It's not a bunch of crap. Yeah. It's just us speaking yeah. the truth. So. Mm-hmm. It's, and it's fun. Yep. That's what I'm all Absolutely. about. <laughs> so I was, uh, I was, uh, I was an eighth grader, and I was at the junior high, and I, I got a ball, and it was a volleyball, and I did a stretch dunk, and I was wondering, can I, can I, can I? And someone got me a ball, and I went up and dunked it. That was yeah. the first dunk I ever. I thought I was walking on air, man. I thought I was somebody special. Oh, yeah. And so that was way back before I even really picked the game of basketball right. up. It was just something I could do. So again, if you ask any former NBA player or even college player, they will remember the first time they dunked the ball. I remember reading Dr. J's uh, biography, and that was one of the first things they talked about. He dunked it the first time in seventh grade by accident. Didn't even know he could do it. It just happened. Unfortunately, Scotty and I don't share that memory. (laughs) I've dunked volleyball. (laughs) I I could not get a basketball to go down. My hands are too small. Yeah, That's good, though. That explosion went away real fast in my 20s. (laughs) 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 So it's over now. <laughs> well, we're just about out of time, guys. Uh, we're hitting close to 30 minutes here, okay. and that's probably plenty for the people. Um, anything you want to say before we go? No, I, I just really wanted to say thank you for bringing me in here. Thank you for doing this in southeastern Iowa. Thank you for filling the voids, you know, not only with this facility, the, you know, the, the brick house barbell, mm-hmm. you know, but also, you know, with what you do in regards to keeping up with the social networking, sharing what everyone's doing athletically, locally, and every different sport. So good job, gentlemen. Well, well done. We appreciate it. Yeah, we have. I'm sure we'll get the chance to have you on again sometime. Uh, oh, absolutely. If, if you're in town you got time, we'll talk anytime. And we really appreciate you coming in and doing this for us. You were the perfect first guest. It couldn't have worked out better Yep, for absolutely. the, uh, for the old we'll, Meathead and Dumbbell show. And we'll have more content <laughs> coming very soon, guys. So look for that. All right. Scott, Greg. And Matt, out for today. Thanks for listening. Bye.